Today's episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast is brought to you by the Visual Identity Vault. The Visual Identity Vault is the official merchandise supplier for the greatest people you've never met. You can pick up the basics like t-shirts, hoodies, to headwear, and premium wear. The Visual Identity Vault is a full-service decorated apparel and marketing business located in my hometown of Fairmont, Minnesota. Shipping is included in all pricing, so we make it simple to order, pay, will produce, and ship. TVIV, a proud sponsor of the GPY and M Pod. All right, welcome into another episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Uh, today is episode 41. Joining me today, uh, a Twitter friend and a fellow coach, Coach Tony Schiffman. Coach, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Pleasure to pleasure to sit down and talk with you. Absolutely. Uh, no, it's a uh, it's great to connect with you. Uh, we've obviously interacted in another space, and I think when you tell people about it that aren't in that space, they're kind of like it's pretty wild to think about. Um, yeah. But for those of uh, who are listening who don't know you, please give yourself a quick introduction. Uh, yeah, Tony Shipman, um, football coach. Uh, most people probably know me from Hog Football Chat on Twitter. Uh, that's, I guess my, uh, my, my one claim to fame, uh, been coaching now for 16 years, been high school level, college level. Um, and just, uh, yeah, that's about, that's about as, uh, as quick as I can give it in a, in a, a brief little nutshell. So. I appreciate it. Um, and then, I mean the, the hog football chat, I mean, that is definitely, you know, something that I wanted to dive into today because it's such an interesting thing and it's so cool of you. Uh, you know, since I started doing this pod, like obviously I've had football coaches and people on like that in that space, but you created such a cool space to connect people as well. And I mean, I'm sure you talk about it all the time. I'm sure you get asked about it all the time, but how did that come to fruition for you? Cause I, th- I mean, yeah, it's no. been a couple years for sure. Rolling. Um, yeah, it's been since 2015. So, um, no, it was, I, I again, I told the story a, a bunch of times, but, um, it, it was, it was sort of by accident. I can remember being at home watching, uh, watching bowl games. It was Michigan state versus Baylor. Um, and I was, I'd been using Twitter a little bit. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really know much about it, but I started following some coaches and, uh, started to see this, this hashtag Texas high school football chat and started to kind of jump in. And, and I was so green to Twitter. I, I can remember asking like, am I okay? Am I allowed to join this? Like I didn't, I had no idea if I could do it or not. And, so Chris Fisher, uh, was like, yeah, absolutely hop in. And so paid, uh, kind of jumped in on that for a couple of weeks, couple months. And then, uh, Jack Dingus and I had sort of struck up a relationship through, through that. And we started talking about trying to do something for, for alignment. And, and so originally it was for offensive and defensive linemen. Uh, we were going to do like an O-line chat and a D-line chat and, and, and that fell hard, hard, hard on its face. Um, the, the defensive line one, I can remember it was brutal. And we basically just said, we're never, we're never going to do that again. We're going to stick true to offensive line. And and we did. And, and it's just kind of blown up since then. Like no real, we didn't really intend for it to, it was just another, you know, excuse for us to kind of talk football another day of the week during the off season. And, um, it, it just took a mind of its own and, and, and went crazy. And, 
and we've just kind of been along for the ride this whole time. So it's been, it's been awesome. It's, it's opened me up to so many new relationships, so many, so many friendships. Um, we've been able to do the clinic, uh, you know, we've been able to kind of go around and, and be seen and, and people know, you know, people, all levels participate and it's just something that's kind of been really cool to be a part of and, and kind of see it from, from the foundation to, to where it is now. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it is it is something pretty cool to see every every Monday night, you know, and everybody gets together. And I mean, really, during COVID was really when I really felt like that was like probably the most important to me because, it you know, we couldn't be around other people. But then right. again, in that space, we could every week, you know, something to look forward to and interact with people. And just the amount of coaches that have been able to connect with each other through that. I mean, it's, it's yeah. incredible. I mean, I don't know if you guys have any kind of numbers. I'm sure you can look up like the hashtag usage, but how many people do you think participate weekly in that? Oh man. I get asked that all the time. I, I couldn't tell you uh, hundreds. I mean, I would, I would guess hundreds. I don't know if thousands, but I mean, we've, we've hit the, we've hit the the top 10 trending a couple of times here and there. The, the, the problem is, is that it's, from because we always we always start the the first monday after thanksgiving and and so for the first couple weeks there's still monday night football there's national championship game there's things like that so it kind of takes a dip and then every freaking year and ever i don't know when it is if it's if it's february or march or when the football season's over the bachelor starts and the bachelor's on monday nights (laughs) and so the bachelor always kind of takes away some of our of our hashtags a little bit, but, uh, we've, we've hit the, we've hit the trending a couple times. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't tell you I, all I remember. I can't, and I can't remember if it's 17 or 27, but that was the first, the, the amount of coaches the first night, because I, I, it was small enough and we were kind of Twitter hadn't really blown up yet that I was able to kind of count the coaches that actually participate. And I don't know if that was guys that watched obviously and Twitter was so different back then, but right. the guys that actually participated in, in the chat, I think it was, it was, again, it was either 17 or 27. The number seven is, is embedded in my brain, but I can't remember the first number. So, sure. um, but it, again, it's, you never know who you're going to get on there. And that's kind of the cool part. Cause, cause guys, every now and again, you'll get the the college guys that jump in and, and uh, every now and again, you get, you know, some pro guys that jump in. And, and so it's, it's always kind of cool just to see who's going to be there every Monday. No, it is. And I think it's such a great tool to not only, I mean, I'm sure some people use it as like a measuring stick, like, you know, am I thinking right? Like, am I in the right yeah. space? But like, it's like idea wise, right? Like, um, you know, there's been obviously times you guys have been like, you know, what's your favorite, you, what's your favorite drill or what's your favorite off season drill for your linemen and to get all those ideas and just to grow your own network, right? Like in internally of yourself and what you're doing coaching, what, I mean, you know this as well as anybody you get into the coaching space and whether you're at clinics or you reach out to somebody on Twitter, there's a lot of people that don't want to help help people, right? There's a lot of people that keep stuff guarded and tight to the chest and it's theirs. And I mean, what's that like taking on a, that persona. Cause uh, I mean, you're, you're like the, the godfather of connecting football. I feel like, especially in that, <laughs> that Twitter space. And there's not a lot of people, if you say like, Hey, I'm talking to coach Schiffman or, you know, there's not a lot of people that, that don't know who that is in that world. And maybe you don't even realize it, but what that, what's that like for you to, to know that you have an impact on the game so much, like just being able to connect people. I mean, obviously it's important and, and I don't, I don't see myself in that light, but, um, 
it, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that, but I, I think it's, I think it's just, it, it's cool to me that, that it can connect that many people because the coaching coaching for as, 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 as hard as it is sometimes and as, as, as struggling as it is sometimes, it's still an awesome profession and there still are a uh, far more, uh, you know, far more good people in the profession than, than bad people. And so um, any chance I can get to help connect those guys with each other is, is a bonus in my book. So, um, I mean, I, I know there's, it, we've, we've gotten people jobs a couple of times and, and just guys making connections again and, and guys, you know, not just me, but other guys making friendships and relationships is it's super cool to me. And, and, you know, kind of why part of the reason why we started it seven years ago or eight years ago, however long ago it was, but, um, you know, I, I never, again, I never thought it would be kind of where it is now, um, with that. So, I mean, that's unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately a little bit, that's kind of, you know, I was at the convention this year. Um, and it was, it was, you know, that's, that's how people introduced me as, and that's, uh, you know, I wasn't, I don't have a job right now. I was, I was let go. So that's what I put on my name tag, you know, probably, uh, you know, kind of, uh, tongue in cheek a little bit, but that's, that's what I get known for first and foremost. Um, so it is, it has been helpful that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand where you come from it. I think it's, uh, I mean, I think you should probably take pride in that because you have you have connected so many people and you've helped so many people and you just put out a tweet. You know, there's just so many people that can find in you and you are I mean, you are a great helper. I mean, we've we've interacted, you know, we've messaged on Twitter and, and you've helped me with some things and hooked me up with different people. And I think it is, it just goes to show who you are as a person. So, I mean, I hope you take you do take great pride in that um, because it like I said, there's just a lot, I mean, in any profession, there's a lot of yeah. a-holes, right? And so for you oh, to yeah. take the time out of your life, and I know you're trying to, to get back into it and, but you're helping other people, right? You're still lining yeah. other people up, helping them get interviews. So it says a lot about you and I appreciate that about you. And I guess to kind of just turn the boat a little bit, you know, this pod I've had, you know, business owners and all kinds of different people on. And like you said, you're kind of, you know, my big thing, I guess, was when I started was I just wanted to maybe help somebody through a situation or, you know, help yeah. them take a leap and do this or that. Um, what's that like right now? I mean, this is a uh, football coaching is a dream for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people don't understand the time that goes into it. Um, right and you're kind of in that lull space right now. So what, like take us in the headspace of a Tony Schiffman right now where you know what you're capable of and you know what you want and, and where you're at and how you're navigating it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little frustrating. Um, you know, trying to, trying to reach out to as many people as I can just for any kind of opportunity. And and there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of good people that are, that are trying to help and keeping, keeping me informed and keeping me up to date. But, um, it's still, it's still a, a, a hit or miss situation of, of even getting in touch with those other people. Um, you know, I've been spending a lot of time, um, you know, we've got, uh, uh, an eight month old now, so I've, I've gotten to spend a lot more time with her that I didn't get to spend with her in the season. Um, I'm, I'm trying to kind of brush up my, my own playbook slash coaching manual and, 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 you know, got, I got six notebooks right next to me here next to the computer that I'm kind of trying to go through and, and learn as much as I can. And, and again, just trying to, trying to network, um, trying to do as much as, as possible, uh, you know, trying to, trying to do some outside the, outside the box things still involved with the game. Um, you know, working with a couple, a couple different businesses, 
uh, working with a couple, a couple different websites, just trying to do as much as I can just to, just to keep busy really. And, and kind of wait. And I'm not, I'm not good at being patient, unfortunately. So that's, that's been the toughest part, um, is being patient, but, um, you know, just, just being ready when, when that opportunity comes about and, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it, it does sooner rather than later. And, um, you know, I can get back to, to doing what I love to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I can't, I, I do, I do get it. You know, I took a, I'm in a hiatus mode right now and now I'm in the interview process trying to get back into it and moved yeah. across the country and changed all these things in life. And it is tough. And you, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of self doubt there, but it's just all about, you know, the grind and keeping going. And, uh, what are kind of some of your resources right now you're using to keep growing like personally, or maybe, you know, professionally inside that space? I'm just trying to talk to as many people as I can, honestly, just trying to kind of get, uh, talk football with guys, just get, you know, if I can get a little, a little nugget of information from them, um, trying to a couple of years ago, um, Kevin Swift started, uh, the coaching tool chest, which is just a ton of information on, on a, a huge kind of living organic, um, Google doc. Uh, and so just kind of looking through that kind of stuff. And again, just tweaking, tweaking my, my playbook. And, and, and again, just trying to be ready for any opportunity, whether it's, uh, you know, a position coach an offensive coordinator, a head coach, again, just trying to be ready um, and staying sharp, I guess, in the game and, and, and you know, watching, watching clips, watching cutups, watching, um, you know, reading, uh, reading, going through playbooks, all that, all that kind of fun stuff, just trying to stay ready. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all you can do, right. Is just be prepared for when the opportunity presents itself and run with it mm-hmm. when you get it. Um, so kind of to backtrack, I guess I just kind of want to go through your coaching journey a little bit. Um, sure. you know, like, I mean, we all have our, I guess I'll start with at the top, like we all have our whys and what would your why be to coaching football? Um, it, it it's, it's what I'm good at, honestly. Like it's, it's, I'm, I'm, a. I was a business major in, in undergrad and, and really at, at the time wanted to, when I graduated college in 2003, um, I wanted to be a general manager. I wanted to be in the front office of an NFL team. That's what I thought was kind of the coolest thing ever. And, and it, it, it just, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be going through that process. It's a little, a little too cold, I guess. And so, um, I got back into, uh, I, I moved back home after grad school, um, started to work at a, a sporting goods store. Didn't still really didn't know what I want to do. Um, and then kind of got into coaching on accident. My, my, one of my good friends had started to help out and I said, well, if he's doing it, I can do it. And, and then I kind of stuck with it. He did not. Um, and it just sort of became my, my, the head coach that I worked for at first had been my position coach at the same school. So he basically said, you know, this is, this is what you should be doing. Um, let's, let's, get this process going. And so, um, started doing it and, and found out, you know, I just kind of fell in, fell in place. I, I, it, it felt right. It felt good. Um, and it, and I was good at it. And so I, I just stuck with it and, and got my teaching certificate and kind of, that's the reason why, you know, I, I, I love it because I get to, you know, talk about relationships with coaches, but that's the best part about it for me is building the relationships with the players and, and, uh, you know, being able to, to talk to them and see them and, and watch them kind of grow up and watch them, you know, my, my, uh, 
my, my favorite part is kind of watching them grow up and, and become adults. <laughs> you know, it's silly yeah. to say that, but like they're, I'm trying to think the first group that I coached, they graduated in 2008. I mean, so they're all, they're all married and have kids now. And it's, it's kind of cool to see that on, on social media and, and see those guys. And, and when I get home, if I run into them, um, you know, just being able to kind of be proud of them. And, um, that's kind of the, the, the coolest part for me. Um, and sort of my, you know, the, the reason why I do it still. For sure. If you go back, so how old were you when you started coaching? Cause I was 21, 22 and I became a head coach at 24. So what, what was, what right now looking back to whatever, how old were you then? And then what is the biggest piece of advice you could give that guy going into that first job? So I was old. I was older, not old. I was older. I was, um, 26, 26. I was 26 when I got into coaching. So, um, I, the, the biggest, the biggest thing I can tell anybody is, is try to just be a sponge, you know, keep, keep your mouth shut and your ears open, so to speak. Um, listen to everything, ask questions as much as you can. I mean, some of the best football I got was my first year. I was kind of the assistant offensive line coach, assistant defensive line coach. And so, uh, we would sit, I can remember sitting with the defensive coaches in the office on Wednesday nights and we'd get pizza and we'd go over the game plan and we'd sit there from 7 PM till 9 PM or 10 PM. Um, and, and those were some of the best memories I've, I've got. Cause we just sat there and talked football and put the game plan together for, for the Friday. And so, um, I was able to kind of just, again, like I said, learn and listen and, and ask questions. And, um, I go back to my first year and I didn't know, I didn't know anything about football. I mean, I, I knew football, I knew how to, how to, you know, coach it, but I didn't know really how to coach it just yet. And so, um, it was, it was a definite learning experience, but I can, I can remember the, the, the jump that I had from year one to year two, just from listening and learning and, and kind of keeping my mouth shut and, and, and asking questions when, when necessary, you know, don't, don't speak, uh, you know, don't speak unless it's something important kind of, I guess that sounds bad, but, um, you know, it's just better to, better to listen than, than try to talk your way out of it, I guess. For sure. No, I, I mean, everybody's situation's different. And I mean, when you're a young guy and you're trying to cut your teeth, I mean, it's tough. I'm sure you had an older head coach and, um, it is the best thing you can do is listen, right? I mean, a hundred percent. And, um, it's tough. I mean, you, you mean at least you had a fully developed frontal lobe when you started. Like I said, I was 22 and I got my first head coach job at 24. So, I mean, right. I just look back for myself and it's like, I mean, the things I learned from day one, you know, to year five when I resigned and moved down to Arizona, it's like, it's just a night and day difference of a human. Oh, yeah. Right. And I'm sure you have those things too, but like, what is one moment or memory maybe that clicks with you when you're like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. This is my passion for sure. Oh man. Um, I don't know if there's one, one moment. It just sort of, when I started, when I started doing it, honestly, it just felt so natural. So, I, I mean, I don't think I can pinpoint one, one moment. Um, it just, everything felt normal. It, it felt like that was what I was supposed to do. It felt like that was my calling. So, so there really wasn't a, a moment that's it's, I guess my, my career has just been a, a, a series of moments, you know, so there's not really one that I can pinpoint that, that 
kind of the, the light bulb went off. It was just, once I started doing it, it was, you know, being around, being around the kids and being around uh, the other coaches, it just, again, like I said, it just felt so natural and so right. That was, that was, I knew right then that I wasn't going to do anything else. Right. No. And I, I get that. And so you started at a high school, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, so when did you get your first college job? So I didn't get my first college job until 38. 37 going on 38. So I had been, I'd been a college or high school guy for a while. Um, I didn't really even get the college bug until my ninth or 10th year coaching. Um, I was coaching at, uh, uh, Rossview high school in Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, and our head coach at the time was up for a college job. Um, and he basically sat me down right before Christmas break and said, look, if I get this, I want you to be on staff. Here's what, you know, here's what the title will be. Here's what I'm going to pay you. Yada, yada, yada. Here's what we're going to do. And I was like, awesome. Like this is going to happen. I'm, I'm never going to have to teach, uh, you know, I'm never gonna have to give the pacer test again because I'm going to be doing this. Um, and then it just unfortunately fell through. And, and, but that, that kind of showed me that, um, you know, he had enough faith in me and he had enough confidence in me to do it that I could, do that and make that jump. And so then I started looking real hard and, and applying for those jobs. Um, at the time I felt like I wasn't going to get an opportunity because I'd never been a head coach. You know, those were those things that you hear and, you know, in conversation from people thinking, Oh, you got to be a head coach before you can do this. So I, I pursued a head coaching job and then um, did that for two years. And then the, the opportunity at Lake forest kind of just came open Um Luckily I had a, a friend who knew the head coach and the, my friend reached out to me and said, Hey, this is a legit opportunity. You know, would you be, would you consider this or would, you know, would you be interested? And I said, heck yeah. And I mean, I can still remember it. I, I think I talked to, he told me that on like a Friday, I talked to the head coach on a Monday. Um, I drove up there. I think that Thursday or Friday for an on-campus interview. And then, he called me that next Monday and offered me the job. So, I mean, it was like super fast, super quick. And then that was the middle of March. I started my first day was April 1st. So, I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was not something I had originally planned on or pursued, but, um, it it just, it, uh, again, kind of with coaching, it, it became, it became the natural step, I guess. And, and sort of what I've been, what I've been doing the last four years. So, yeah. So what was that first like initial, not like a shock value, but where you were like, okay, like it's different. Or maybe you didn't even have that moment where you're like, actually it's the same as high school, but I I don't know. You know, what was that like that transition period? I guess. Yeah. There was a couple, there was a couple moments. I can remember my, so my first day was, uh, we started spring ball. So I can remember my first day we got there for workouts in the morning, went through workouts that that was normal, you know, introduced me to to the, the guys, that was, that was fine. Um, and then that afternoon, you know, that day kind of got my office situated, sort of got my practice plan ready. Um, and then I can remember going in the first meeting cause we had the, the way they did spring. Ball, I don't know if they still do spring ball this way, but we would meet first for like 20, 30 minutes, kind of go over the install and then go outside. And I can remember the install talking to the guys and them looking at me like, who the hell, who the hell is this guy? You know, and so, but then once I got out on the field and we started, started, I get started to coach them and they could see like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. Then 
then kind of the, the ice was broken and the relationships built and um, we ended up having a good spring and, and then turned into a good season. But yeah, those first couple of days. And then I can remember, so we would, again, I don't know if cat still does this at Lake forest, but they would go practice. Um, no practice, practice, no practice, whatever, you know, every other day. And yeah. so I can remember the next day when we didn't have practice kind of again, doing my, you know, doing my work, getting stuff done and, and sort of it being like five, five thirty, and I'm still in my office doing work and our offensive coordinator who was next door went home, left and went home. And I kind of remember like being like, can I just go whenever? Like, cause I've been so used to sort of the, you know, your, your contracted day starts at this time and ends at this time. And so uh, that was kind of, you know, it's silly to think back now, but he was like, yeah, if you're done with your work, go home. And so I can remember then, I, and then it, then it was just once, once I get in a routine, once I can get through that awkward period, then it was fine. Then everything else was just sort of, um, you know, fell into place. Um, a lot of guys in my position that have gone from high school to college talk about recruiting kind of being difficult. I didn't, you know, recruiting has its difficulties. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I, I enjoyed talking to kids. I enjoyed watching film. I enjoyed that part of it and, and building those relationships again. Um, so that was, that never really was, you know, that, that whole process was never that difficult for me. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't awkward or anything like that. So that, that was always, that was always just something that I enjoyed to do because I liked, I liked talking to kids and finding out kind of what they're about off the field a little bit more so than, than on the field too. So that was always fun. Sure. That was my next question. Like, what was that, that transition to actually like recruiting like, and is there, was there like, what was, I guess, getting your first recruit like, cause that's gotta be a pretty exciting moment. I mean, I remember one of my best friends, Matthew Woody coaches at Hamlin and, and uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. And dude, when he got his first recruit, like the kid that he like set out to get. And then he's like, they call, Hey coach, I'm coming just euphoric for him. And I'm yeah. sure it's very similar to how you felt, but you know, being a high school coach for that long and then finally getting a kid to say like, yeah, I'm going to come play at the next level for you. I mean, yeah. what's that like? I mean, what's that feeling like for you? It was always cool. And, and, and I always, it, it always made me feel proud. And, and I got to, I got to coach a couple of the ones that I, you know, personally I got to coach them because they were offensive linemen. So that was always, always really cool. Um, and, and it was, it, it, it's, it's, it's prideful. I mean, you, you feel super proud about it because you know, you, you kind of stood on the table for these guys and, 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 you know, said this, you know, I think this guy is going to be a good fit and, and I'm proud of the ones I'm proud of the ones that are still there that are going to graduate that have been on the team for, for four years and, and are, you know, are part of the team. So, you know, that's, I'm still proud of that now. Um, you know, even though I'm, I'm, no longer involved with the program. I'm still proud of those guys. Yeah. And what's that, what's that kind of signing day? Like, I mean, take us into that perspective a little bit. Cause it's, it was D three school, correct? D3, right? Right. Yes. So there, there really isn't a signing day. I mean, it's, you got the, the, the signing, right. The signing day, the sign, the, the signing day for D three is they, they put their deposit in. That's yeah. Kind of the, that's the, that's the signing day. So once we got their deposits in, then it was kind of like, okay, now we can, now we can start, you know, getting down to business and including them and everything. And, and, and so, um, that can be a struggle. I mean, sometimes getting that, that stuff done. I mean, the, 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 the D3 struggles are, are obviously it's some of those schools are a lot more money. Right. Um, you're trying to, you're trying to figure out all that and how to get them the best financial package and how to get them the best merit grants and all of that. So, um, there's a lot of, a lot of steps to be done. Um, but it, it was, it was, I mean, the actual signing day itself, it's not, I mean, 
you know, we send them a graphic and all that kind of stuff, but there's really nothing that we have to have to worry about. Right. Yeah. I, I, I know it's a little lackluster at that level at yeah. times. And then, but I also know there's some extreme frustration in that time as well, because you do have kids who do sign, but then don't show up come fall. And yeah. I've heard that. Oh, I mean, in many situations at the D three level, and I'm sure that's kind of a letdown, but I mean, What's that like? And I think, I mean, it's just such a, like you said, there's so many things that go into a D3 football player. Like, are they capable to play at the next level? Yes. But the financial commitment at most D3 institutions is the, is the biggest thing. So, I mean, what's that like when you're kind of like banking on a kid or waiting on a kid to show up and then they're just not, you know? I mean, that's, that's, but that's why, but that's why it was so important for us to build those relationships because then we, we would know. I mean, it was, we knew kind of going in like, Hey, this is, you know, Timmy, Timmy is going to really need to keep, keep on his grades. We're going to have to keep a thumb on him, you know, harder than the other guys. You know, we're going to have to make sure, you know, he's got work study. We've got to make sure he's going to his work study. We've got to make sure he's doing all those other things to, to, to keep him enrolled, to keep him eligible. Um, and so that's kind of the, the, the other hats that we wore as coaches where it's, it wasn't just, it wasn't just coach football recruit, watch film, coach football, recruit, watch film. There were all sorts of other things we had to do to make sure that, um, you know, the, the finished product got done and, and, and that they were able to graduate in four years, four or five years. Yeah. What's that, what's that kind of mentality like for you? Um, especially now that I guess you're a new father, but like, you know, you bring in these kids from all over the country and they're 18 years old and we were 18 years old once and we went and played college football. So what's it like to be on the other side of that coin now where, you know, you know what it's like to kind of break free from mom and dad for a little bit and you're excited and you got all this stuff, but then to, Hey, let's, you know, to be on the other side and say, let's make sure that they're doing the right things and, and being the right person. Obviously it's coaching, but it's got to be a little bit different because you're such a support system for them when they have nobody else around. Yeah. And that was, that was for me, that was easy because I'd been in education for so long. So I I'd, I'd had those conversations with kids. Um, again, like you said, I was 18 once, I, you know, the things that they do, I did, um, you know, luckily I just, they, there was no social media back when I did them. So I wasn't getting, you know, there, there was no fear of getting in trouble. I would just get arrested. There was nothing else that was going to happen. So, um, it's, it's, but it's, it's, again, that's part of, again, I go back to the relationship piece. That's, that's part of it. If they, if you build that relationship with them and they, they, they commit to come play college football for you at your school, they know that they can count on you for that. They know that they can come down and talk to you. And especially at the division three level where there's not so much, you know, don't have to worry about, I mean, there's, there is transfer portal stuff, but you don't have to worry about it because kids are coming there to go to school. They're not coming there to, you know, they're coming there to play football, but they're coming there to be students first. And so um, they, they, they have a little bit more comfort where they know they can come talk to you about those things and, and not feel kind of ostracized if, if, you know, you're, you're busy or you, you know, you've, you've got other things going on. They know that their conversations going to, you know, it's going to take place. Right. Um, kind of changing directions here a little bit. So you started coaching, you said your first class graduated in 2008. And so here yeah. we are in 2023, uh, you know, 2008, I would have been a sophomore in high school. So to see that transition, I know like in myself and how people are, what's been your biggest thing? Like, as you've coached the kids and seen the differences in them, what, what, what is transitioning 
year to year been like obviously like there's a bigger play on technology right like i just had my high school head coach on and we talked about you know having to go pick up the dvds there was no huddle you know when i was in high school so like what's all that like and like how is that transition to how you have to coach kids um i think it's it's the way we coach kids isn't hasn't changed i don't think you know the like you said the the technology piece is, is simpler you know now now we can just pull up film on our phones. We can do all that kind of stuff. We don't have to worry about, uh, you know, there's no, the, 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 I didn't have this or I can't find that excuse is kind of out the window, but the coaching, the coaching is the same. In my opinion, um, the, the kids you can coach hard are, are still the same kids you can coach hard. And the kids you have to sort of pull back on are still the same kids. Um, it, it's maybe there, there, there might be more of, of one than the other now, but um, it's, it's still, you know, I don't think I've, I haven't changed too much as a coach as far as, you know, drill work and things like that. Um, how I coach the drills, I should say. Um, but yeah, it's a coaching, coaching's coaching in my opinion. And, and that's never going to change. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's just, um, yeah, you're right. There's probably more of one group now than there was before, possibly potentially. And I think it depends on where you're at too. That's another question I had. You've been lucky to coach in different geographical areas. Um, and I'm doing that transition now. What's that like? What was that like for you? Because people say, oh, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, ball is ball. No matter where you go, whatever level, the athletes are are better or they're worse than what you had at the last spot, right? That's usually how it goes. But what, what's been like the biggest geographical tell for you? Or maybe there's not one, but go in different spots. What what's what's football been like in different areas? Um <sighs> I think it's not the football's the same. It's level of interest, I guess. You know, it's I can remember going when I when I moved out to North Carolina. Uh, there, it was just a different. You know, it was more of a rural kid. It was a different kind of kid. Um, and then moving to moving to Tennessee, where it's you know you you've got more of a a suburban kind of background. And then you know you moved to I moved to Iowa, where there were. 500, 500 kids in the school and we couldn't get 30 kids to play the football. So like, you know, the interest level just wasn't there. I think that's kind of the big, the, the biggest change. Cause I mean, my, my, my year at, at my two years at Tennessee, we had over a hundred kids both years, which, you know, you should at school that size. And um, so that, that's big. The biggest thing like football is football, um, football, everywhere I've been, there's been really good football. Um, you know, not necessarily, you know, if it wasn't at my school, it was other schools in the area. Um, or just in the state in general. So any, any, everywhere I've been, um, you know, and again, going, going off of that to, to, to piggyback off of that, you kind of get the interest level of the state. Like yeah, North Carolina was, was the state was pretty invested in football, Tennessee, the state was pretty invested in football, but Iowa, the state couldn't care less. Iowa was a wrestling state. Uh, you know, football was probably the, the bottom of the top, seven or eight sports. Um, and, and that they showed it, they didn't really care. It wasn't important to them. And and that was unfortunate because there was a lot of good football being played. Um, but it, it's, it was, those were the kind of the biggest, 
uh, you know, geographical things I noticed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. It's just like, you know, for myself to be out here and doing these interviews now, like just to see how staffs are built, especially at these yeah. five and six A schools where they're like, Oh, we got 20 guys on staff and we got all this. And I'm like, Holy smoke. Like, is this, right. a, is this a D two school? Like, what are we doing? And maybe it's cool, but it's just, it's, it's different everywhere. And obviously like right. this Phoenix Metro area is just blowing up and kids are transferring in from Texas to play here at some of these schools. And it is different, but you're Right. It, it's it's the interest level and that is the biggest difference but it's just it's nuts to see it because growing up in rural minnesota as a football guy i always thought football was the most important thing and then you start right. coaching right and you're like oh maybe not like it's basketball here and it's and you can probably attest to this it's it's definitely school by school too in area oh, by yeah. area yeah no there's no no question about it i mean it's and and every coach wants to try to find that kind of unicorn where the, you know, the football coach gets along with the basketball coach and they get along with the baseball coach and they get along with the track coach and everybody shares athletes, but it's just, it's, that's not the way it is. There, there's so few of those schools anymore um, that it, it's, it's tough. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It is. Um, well, I'm being very conscious of your time and I appreciate all the time you've given me today, but, um, I want to talk a little bit about your podcast. I mean, plug it a little bit. Obviously, yeah, I forget. I, I forget about it a lot Yeah, because I haven't, I haven't done an episode. Well, so not to cut you off, but that was kind of a, uh, uh, a child of, of COVID of the quarantine was that podcast. And, um, I went hot and heavy with it for like the first month. I recorded like a hundred episodes in the first month and sort of started spacing them out. And, um, it's been fewer and fewer as I've gotten along. And, and my wife yells at me all the time. She says, if you, did you record an episode? So I've got, I've got to get back on there. And I, I sort of started it probably while you started just an excuse to kind of talk to my friends, talk to some buddies. Um, you know, I, I had my father on one, I had my wife on an episode. So, um, it's, I, I, I want to bring it back out. Um, because I haven't done a good job with it, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out a new, a different format, I guess, sure. um, is sort of my, um, my, my next project outside of coaching is, is trying to kind of figure out how to, how to adapt it, how to change it a little bit and, and make it something unique and make it something that people, people want to listen to, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and not to, you know, but to pump you up a little bit. I, the thing I appreciated so much, about your podcast, like where I say like mine is like strictly conversational and I've had a variety of people on, right? Like yeah. uh, these crypto guys on and uh, it's just been so different, but that's what I like about it. Cause I get to talk and meet new people where yours yeah. was, you know, a space for me to go and learn. But I love that you had on different coaches from different backgrounds and different levels and everybody yeah. brought something different to the table. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's always been so cool for me. And I'm sure, I mean, what's probably, I mean, there's probably one that sticks out real well. What was one of those episodes where you're like, man, that was, I learned a ton or that one kind of like popped my ears, I guess, a little bit for you. Yeah. Um, oh shoot. There's a couple, there's, there's one, um, with Adam Kirby that we talked for like 45 minutes and it felt like five minutes and it was just like one of the smoothest conversations him and I've ever had. And we've, we've known each other for a long time. That was a fun one. Uh, the one with my dad was, was really fun. Uh, the one with my wife was fun. Um, I had my two buddies, uh, two guys that I played high school football with. We did one. Um, that was, that was really fun. Um, and then one of the, one of the cool ones was, so 
um, through the podcast, talk about relationships through the podcast. I had a coaching friend that said, Hey, would you, would you be interested in interviewing Anthony Munoz? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. So I got to interview, I got to interview Anthony Munoz and that was, that was super cool. Um, and, and so it's just, it's just kind of, it's just, again, it's just been fun, fun for me to sort of fanboy out a little bit. And, and the, and the, the podcast itself has evolved. If you listen to the first couple of episodes, they're sort of, you know, football X and O based a little bit, you know, how did you prepare for this? Yada, yada, yada. And then, and then somewhere along the line, I don't know where, I don't know with who it's sort of shifted gears to more of a career base. You know, how did you talk to me about this? Talk to me about that. And, and, and so it, I, I don't know when, but that, that, that's when it sort of started to feel a little bit easier, uh, easier to talk to guys when I could just talk to them about them and, and ask them specific questions about their career and, and let them kind of go off on those. So, um, I, I always, I always judge my podcast. Um, if I can get over like 25 minutes, if I can talk, so like, Count not not counting the intro piece and not counting the the end piece. If I can get over like twenty five minutes, it's pretty good. But some there's a couple, and I don't want to name names because I can't think about them. There's a couple where there was like I looked at the time and it's been like thirteen minutes, and I was like, what the hell? Like ah, that was I've only that only that was only thirteen minutes. Like I felt like I talked to you for an hour. Right. Um, but then again, like I said with 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 Coach Kirby, we talked for forty five minutes and it felt like you know a a, a second. So. Um, you can, you can tell, I mean, you've been doing it long enough, you know, when you've got a good one or, or kind of a, a dullard one. So it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, we've all got different, different ears, I guess, for it. For sure. And it's a, I mean, it's a fun space to be in. And, you know, like for me, I think at the end of the day is I get to have these conversations forever. So like I had my grandma on, I flew her down for Christmas and it was like 30 minutes and we shared a couple beers and she was nervous as all hell, you know, but it was just, that's something that I get to have forever. And that means a ton to me. And, you know, I had my high school head coach on a couple weeks ago and some good friends and like, that's the important stuff. And, and like, it's, it's, you're just, you're, you're talking to people and you're right. right. It's some of the best ones is you don't ever look at the time and then you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, like right now I'm, I looked down and I was like, Holy, it's been 40 minutes. You know, I try to keep them under an hour. That's my big thing. Cause right. I don't like to listen stuff longer than that, you know? Well, and so, and so that was sort of, that was sort of what I was trying to do because I, I was trying to be different because obviously run the power they crush it. Like I don't, they, they crush the podcast game right now. And, and those guys do an awesome job and they're longer, they're longer podcasts, which is fine. Cause that's how they've structured it. So that was kind of my, my deal was like, I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted them to be shorter. So like, again, I said 25 minutes, but if it goes, if it's 35 minutes, like then I'm kind of stretching it. So I like, that's kind of my soup, my window that I was trying to search for was sort of that 25 to 35 minute window. Um, because then it's, it, you know, they're quick. You can listen to a couple of them at once. Um, and, and they go by, you know, it's not, it's not dragging out. Um, you know, it's not like a, a four hour Joe Rogan podcast or something right. like that, where it just, it's just nonstop. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, you know, we're coaches, so we only have so much we can talk about when we talk about the game itself. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's a blast. I appreciate it. I'm excited to hear some new stuff come out. And it's just cool to hear, you know, different people's stories, different yeah. perspectives on things. And, and like you said, like, yes, yeah, the, the perspectives on how to approach situations professionally, you know, that kind of stuff. That's that's a blast. Right. And so yeah. that's where you learn and grow. Uh, what's uh, 
What's one of the biggest nuggets that you've got while you've been chasing these goals that stuck with you? Oh boy. Um, now you're, now you're putting me on the spot. I put people on the spot with mine all the time. My questions. Um, I don't know, honestly, just, just the, the biggest, the biggest thing I can always, I always tell people that kind of always sticks with me is just don't, don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask, you know, why someone's doing something. Don't be afraid to, to, to reach out. Don't be afraid to, to, you know, seek out help and not, and, and that's kind of the, that's tough for me sometimes too, because it's, you know, you don't want to bother people. You don't want to bug them. You don't want to, you don't want to seem needy. You don't want to seem, uh, you know, like you're like you're hassling them. So that that's been that's been tough a little bit. But but that that's I guess the biggest one I can I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, that's one thing that I love about that Twitter space too. Is like before they called them Twitter Spaces and they had their own yeah. hangouts, but like football Twitter was such a thing. Right. And it was like such this like compacted world. And I always like to tell people about it. Like I could just go there and get away from everything else. And, right. and there's so many people across the nation that are so willing to help out. And I know over COVID, like you hosted a couple's like essentially like zoom clinics. Right. And those were fun to get in and everybody had time. And there's so many people willing to learn, but I think right. it's important for somebody listening to this podcast. that's not trying to be a football coach there's those spaces for everything and there are people that do want to help other people or you know maybe they can tell you how not to do it because they failed real hard once right whatever it is but um it's just cool to to see that evolve and i don't know if i mean if i would have linked up with you if it would have been any different but like you're such, I mean, I've said it a couple of times, but your ability to connect people, especially with the hog football chat and grow that space is huge. I mean, you do, but you do it after, after everyone, remember to follow your fellow coaches. Right. Yeah. And then it just builds that network. And then you just randomly see somebody talking about something and you're like, yeah, let me chime in and, and reach out. And yeah, man, it's just been cool. It, it's a, it's a cool yeah. area to see. And you're right. hundred percent ask for help learn, be a student of whatever you're doing. Yeah, I think that's, definitely. that's great advice. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the, the minute I stop wanting to learn is the minute I need to, to get out of the game or get out of, get out of coaching. So. Yes, absolutely. Well, coach, I appreciate your time so much. Um, would you plug yourself uh, everywhere yeah. so everybody can go follow you and, and, and come along and maybe join us next Monday on a, on a hog football yeah. chat? Yeah. So at coach Schiffman, um, S H I F F M A N on Twitter. Um, hog football chat is, uh, Monday night, Monday nights, 8 PM, uh, central time. Uh, it's an hour long, goes by real quick. And, and hopefully, hopefully we'll be getting some more episodes of the, of the podcast here pretty soon. But, um, but yeah, I mean, don't, don't hesitate, reach out to me, uh, send me a message. I, I hope, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see it eventually. Um, I've got kind of a log jam in there right now, but I'll see it eventually and get back to you and, and hopefully we can connect and, and talk some football. Absolutely. No, you're a great resource and uh, you've always been helpful. If you don't know, you, you push people onto people that do know. So um, appreciate that about you. And thank you so much for taking the time. It was great to sit down. Maybe we'll have to do it, not record a podcast some other time yeah. and, and learn a little bit, but uh, no, thank you for taking your time with me today. It, it means a ton. Uh, just, it goes to show again, you, you willing to help out and um, I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you having me. This was, this was a blast, man. It was, it was great talking with you and, 
And uh, yeah, if you need anything else, just let me know. Appreciate you, Coach. Thank you so much, everybody listening at home. Please like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, rate five stars, all that fun stuff. Be good, everybody.